Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Have you ever said, I'm giving God the glory? Well, the story today may pique your interest a bit, and then I'm going to share an experience I had just this past week, and to talk about it with me is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Hey, uh, so I saw this I saw this post on Facebook. I don't normally talk about posts, but this one I really like because I'm an old Michael Jordan fan. You may have seen this, but I'm reading it right here. It says, a news reporter asked Michael Jordan if he thought the 90s Bulls could beat the Lakers, the LeBron Lakers of today. Michael Jordan said, yes. The reporter said, well, by how much? He said, well, two or three points. And the reporter said, why such a close game? Michael Jordan said, well, most of us are in our 60s now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an old Michael Jordan fan, so I just thought that was funny. Everybody needed to hear that today. Absolutely. And that's a good one. I like it. I'm, I too. Uh, I still think Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball oh, player man, ever he lived. Was, uh, he was, he was, he's where the goat came from. Yeah, thing. Yeah, so, um, for sure. We're going to talk about another goat here in just a minute. Yeah, in uh, a whole different thing. But so, hey, before we uh, move any further, let's talk about this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Secure Mac. You've heard us talk on here before about them. They are the mar- the makers of the popular security system MacScan 3. This software protects your computer from threats targeting Macs, which are malware, keystroke loggers, and stalkerware. People nowadays are storing more and more information on their Macs, which provides an ever-growing target for hackers. Secure Mac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years now. They even have a podcast to inform users on how to protect themselves online, and they can explain it to everyone so that they can understand visit securemac.com to get today and isn't that the truth mm. i mean it seems like i i don't hardly open anything now unless i'm 100 percent sure it's true that, and i don't click on anything on facebook unless i'm 100 percent sure that i know the person who's posting it because man it just seems like every day you're seeing somebody you know says don't accept a friend request i've been hacked or you're yeah. getting emails from people and they're saying don't accept emails from me it's it seems like it's just rampant nowadays so everybody needs to be secured for sure yep well this past week's post is actually this one is the first one that i'm going to share from run club social yep no uh, more facebook post yeah run club uh, social post you're going to be talking about now and there's still some folks posting on facebook yep. but uh, a lot of folks on on the uh, new run club social page and this one was just really simple and i love this it's a quote and i love this quote and this guy is big on quotes Mm -hmm. and he says never be afraid to try something new remember amateurs built the ark professionals built the titanic (laughs) (laughs) that comes from jerry snyder he had a he he put a picture in there and jerry snyder of course he's funny he's shared several stories with us and uh he just wants people to smile (laughs) 
And I think it's so awesome to see somebody like that that just wants people to smile. He looks a little like Santa Claus, maybe a little bit little skinnier than Santa Claus. I think he's getting ready for No Shave November and July, kind of like I did. Sure looks like it, yeah. I want to have a beard like Jerry one day. Yeah, Yeah. so yeah, this idea that that you got to be proficient at something uh, before you can try it is Mm -hmm. just crazy. Um, It's good to just go out there and try new stuff. Yeah, I do it all the time. I'm still trying new stuff. I just tried uh, this past week, uh, had a race, and I, I tried this new mouthpiece that's supposed to help you breathe better. Now, it drove me crazy during that race. <laughs> but, but did I, it work? I don't know. I ran really well. I know the other day when I talked to you and you just got done with the run, you said it kind of got on your nerves a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, jury's still out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. use it a little bit more, see what I think. But I'm willing to try new stuff. And, you know, as old, if I, if I, as old as I am, and as many times as I've gone out to run, if I'm still willing to try new things, then anybody ought to be willing to try new things. I think that's where you and I differ is I'm, man, I'm just a creature of habit. Give it, give it to me the same way you gave it to me yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. So, yeah, I'm a little different in that way. There are some things I like as a constant, but uh, I really think that that's part of the reason why as, I have slowed down a lot less than a lot of my counterparts have That's for sure. as I get older. And I think part, a part of that is because I'm willing to do and try new and different things. Than, than, and they're stuck in their old habits, doing their old things, and they, it doesn't work the same. Our body doesn't work the same. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't try new things and different things, sure. you never discover the things that work well. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Trivia question from last week was this. Jesse Owens ran in the Big Ten Track and Field Championships on May 25th, 1935. He did something uh, there that will, in all likelihood, never be matched again. What was his amazing achievement on that day? Did you know the answer to this? I don't know. Well, they call it the greatest 45 minutes in sport. I, I may know. He, bro- he, he tied one record and broke three world records in 45 minutes. And those records were? The 100-yard the 100 dash, mm-hmm. the 220-yard dash, the 220-yard low hurdles, which is an event we don't see. Was the last one long jump? And the last one was long jump. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, in 45 minutes, I mean... You will not find right. a a single track meet anywhere. I want to say we've talked about this. We, we have talked about yeah, this yeah. because you talk about how nowadays people say they can't, you know, you can't peak twice in a day. Yeah. And how, well, just look to Jesse Owens. He peaked four times yeah. in a day, you know. In 45 minutes. In 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nowadays it's like you got to have 12 hours between events and all this stuff. But yeah. Yeah, Jesse Owens proved all that wrong. Yeah, definitely. One of the greatest athletes of all time. Of course, he also won four gold medals in the 1936 Olympics, and that was an interesting um Was it the Olympics. same four events? No. Oh. It was, uh, well, it was very similar, though. Instead of the two, 220 hurdles, it was a 100-meter dash, the 200-meter dash, the long jump, and the 4 by 100 relay. So, uh, and nowadays, athletes wouldn't even attempt that. They would pull out of yeah. something because of that. But well, he, you know, it wasn't optimal, but he said, hey. 
Well, something the way the schedule works out, so I'm going to do it. Well, something I didn't know until when I was researching this is that he actually didn't want to run the four by one hundred meter relay. That there were, and they, they had others that were set to run the four by one hundred meter relay, and they talked him into it. So I never knew that before looking at this. So well, it kind of makes you wonder. Like we've talked on here about Sydney McLaughlin before. Is it McLaughlin? Is that right? Am I yep. saying that right? Mm-hmm. So she runs the four by four. And just they dominated that, but her her split would have been what was it seventh yeah. in the open four hundred. Well, her split in the four hundred meter hurdles would have been seventh in That's the open four hundred. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And but why doesn't she run the four hundred open? Is it because of this type of thing where she just wants to? She doesn't want to try to put too much in a day. Is that part of the reason or? I, I don't know. Because she's obviously, she could obviously do very well in the 400 Open. I, I love Sydney. Yeah. But I don't like the way she only runs a couple of track meets a year. Yeah. I just, I don't think it's good for the sport. I think yeah. the sport needs to have its, I think Mo is the same way. She only runs a handful of events every year. And I think the sport needs for the, the great athletes to run all the meets not all the meets but you know what i mean we ought to be able to see them regularly and you know there's a lot of guys that do that and jakob ingebrigtsen you know he's one that uh you know he's a big name now he's not afraid of doing anything he'll go to he'll go and he'll run meets days apart and um he's the best in the world also i mean we we don't want to throw too much mud because it may be family it may be priorities i mean good lord she may have her priorities where they need to be <laughs> for all you know you know it might be i don't know i'm just well i think though here, here here's my and there is a balance i totally yeah. agree with you that there's a balance but the sport is giving so much to her the sport made that's her that's true who she is yeah. god made her who she is but you right. know what i mean yeah the sport has, has made that's right gave, her, gave her a big platform and i think she owes something to the sport yeah and so again it may be that this year things worked out in a certain way that she, you know there were lots of reasons, mm. and maybe ne- you know maybe next year we'll see a lot more of her, mm. and uh, you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's a great runner. She is a great runner, and Jesse Owens was a great runner. He was born in Oakville, Alabama, which is where our uh, Dalton State we run our conference championship every year in Oakville, Alabama. Really? Yes, where they have another race earlier in the year called the Jesse Owens Classic. Um, wow. because it's and now he, they moved to Cleveland when he was nine because growing up in the South at that time was not ideal yeah. as a black man. Yeah. And so they moved up to, uh, to Cleveland, um, where there were some more opportunities. What's interesting. I didn't know this until I researched this either. He was known as JC, the letters JC. Now I guess that was his name, JC. And so when he moved to Cleveland, and they they asked him his name and he told his teacher his name was jc his thick southern accent sounded like he was saying jesse and so really and so they started calling him jesse and that name just stuck so it stuck yeah wow. <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty cool and so he had a coach in in junior high that was very understanding of the fact that jesse needed to work while he was in school so junior high he's working Hmm. um different world back then Mm -hmm. and um 
So he worked after school. So the coach would allow him to do his workouts in the morning before school. And um, so that, so he, Jesse was very driven, obviously, mm-hmm. from the time, you know, from when he was young. Um, he met his wife, Minnie, in junior high as well. Hmm. And they were married for life. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Still, you don't hear that too often. Um, and of course, he first became known. His, his name first became really big when they had a what back then they had what what they called a high school national championship, um, and he tied the world record in the hundred hundred yard dash at the high school national championship. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Say that again. He tied what the the world record? Oh, not for high school. No, the world record. Yes. Wow. The world record. Yes. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, he won eight NCAA championships in 1935 and 36. Um, here's the saddest part, though. And, of course, you have to realize it was a different time, and we're not, this isn't, we're not here to talk politics, but he wasn't on scholarship because they didn't give scholarships to black athletes at that time. Hmm. And uh, so he had to work through college to hmm. pay for his college, um, which was, was crazy when they traveled, you know, the segregation, all the segregation stuff was still mm-hmm. around back then. And yet he overcame all of that to do the, the amazing things that he did. Um, that 1935 Big Ten Championships was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So he ran 9.4 in the 100-yard dash, which was tied the world record. Then he ran the long, he did the long jump and jumped 26.8 and a quarter. That record, that world record, lasted 25 years from that point. And then in the 220-yard dash, he ran 20.3 seconds. And then the 220 low hurdles, he ran 22.6. He was the first person to ever break 23 seconds in that event. And what's even more interesting is that he probably along the way, had they had a line and timed the 200-meter dash and hurdles, he probably would have set world records in those events as well. Mm. Um, And then, of course, Jesse Owens goes to the 1936 Olympics and, you know, it's famous mm-hmm. what happened in 1936 Olympics with Hitler and the whole his racist views. And, you know, uh, they tried to talk Jesse out of going to the Olympics because the, the black community was saying you don't want to give you don't want to be on their platform. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, what Jesse did was the greatest thing he could have done yeah. was to kind of thumb his nose at at, at all of that. But even with that, he did. Now he won gold in the hundred meter, the two hundred meter, the long jump, and the four by one. Um, of course, if you know your history, also in nineteen eighty four, Carl Lewis did the exact same thing, won the exact same events, and um, so Carl Lewis, another one of the greatest. We've talked about him before. Another thing that happened in these Olympics is this was at the time when um, Adidas was just trying to get started. Adi Dossler, mm-hmm. the guy who started Adidas, um, actually pulled Jesse aside when Jesse first got to Germany and uh, and said, hey, I got some shoes I want you to wear. He was the first black athlete to be sponsored by a shoe company, and it really? was Adidas. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, kudos to Adi Dossler for, for getting that. And then um, so Hitler was accused of failing to acknowledge Jesse while he was there right um, didn't shake his hand or anything like that but here's what Jesse said when Jesse was confronted with that said now you know he didn't acknowledge you or anything like that you know what do you think about that and this this was his quote 
Hitler had a certain time to come to the stadium and a certain time to leave. It happened he had to leave before the victory ceremony after the 100 meters. Um, but before I before he left, I was on my way to a broadcast and passed near his box. He waved at me and I waved back. I think it was bad taste to criticize the man of the hour in another country. Mm. I mean, that was it's class, right there. Class, yeah. absolute class. Yep, yep. And then um, this was uh, in an, in an article, August fourth, nineteen thirty six. African American newspaper editor Robert L. Van described witnessing Hitler salute Owens for having won the gold medal in a hundred meter sprint. He said, "And then, wonder of wonders, I saw Herr Adolf Hitler." salute this lad i looked on with a heart which beat proudly as the lad who was crowned king of the 100 meters event got get an ovation the like of which i have never seen before i saw jesse owens greeted with greeted by the grand chancellor of this country as a brilliant sun sun peeped out through the clouds i saw a vast crowd of some 85,000 or 90,000 people stand up and cheer him to the echo hmm. um Really a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Really a cool moment. And it, it wouldn't have happened if he would have listened to the the people that didn't want him to go. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to learn from that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He, he and, and Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. I think, in their sports, did a lot. They were different. For race for relations, sure. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. But this was interesting. When he came back to the United States, there was a big reception for Jesse Owens, and somebody stuck a bag in his hand. Just, you know, here, take this. And Jesse didn't pay much attention to it, and he kind of set it down to the side. And later on, he remembered, oh, I need to get that bag. He picks this bag up, and somebody had handed him $10,000 in cash in a paper bag. He didn't know who it was, but somebody handed him $10,000 in cash. Um just knowing that he he could use it and needed it, and uh, that's a lot of money today. But that was a real that was a, that was a whole lot of money back then. Yes, it was, and I I wish we knew who that person was. Yeah, I mean that person deserves to be recognized for sure. doing such an unselfish and, and awesome thing. I wow. think I think that was pretty pretty cool. Um, and then this was the saddest thing. I think I didn't know this about about you know roosevelt never invited jesse owens to the white house really and that is so sad i just can't imagine that happening today somebody not in that that those circumstances um and this was i I love this quote owens was quoted saying he had this was his secret behind how fast he could run he said i let my feet spend as little time on the ground as possible (laughs) from the air fast down and from the ground fast up so keeps it simple yeah yeah Yeah. and then of course um you know after the olympics again kind of sad um he handled things with grace his whole life um he did get involved politically in some things on occasion and and uh and but what he did was he decided to pass up going to europe to some track meets and stay in our country and scoop up some some sponsorship deals and then they took his amateur status away from him because he was getting paid to endorse some products and so um he was not able to um participate in those track meets anymore um which was a a really sad thing um When when did they take away the amateur status from the olympics uh in the 70s okay yeah 
it, it was much later. And then crazy thing, and this tells you how different the world is, he was a smoker from the age of 32. He started smoking. And uh, he died of lung cancer wow. at the age of 66 hmm. um, from, from being a smoker. And so, he had, like I said, he had a lot of ups and downs. He could have been really bitter, but he usually made the most of his opportunities. I can't imagine. Can you imagine how celebrated he would be today if he were alive today doing what he did? Well, I mean, you don't have to imagine it because you can see what Carl Lewis, sure. how celebrated he was. Yeah. And that was in the 80s. Yeah. Today, race relations are even better. I can't imagine. I mean, he would be held up as just a hero. But uh, but that 45 minutes yeah. in uh, the Big Ten Championships in 1935 was the most amazing hour of athletics in my estimation ever. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the new website for just a second. Yeah. It's, uh, it's out. People are signing up. It's growing. It's... Uh, now, some of you have not come over yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have quite a few people who are still in the old system that I don't know if they're not running right now. I don't know what's going on, but they're just kind of sitting on the old system, not doing anything. Get on there and come on over. Uh, get signed up. It's a couple steps. Uh, another email went out just this morning to all those who haven't made the, the trip over yet to the new website. But it's incredible. And probably by the time this... Um, this podcast airs we will have a a 5k challenge it's going to start mid-september and it's going to be a 5k challenge uh kind of a community-wide event so anybody can jump in and it'll be getting you ready for those jingle bell runs uh you know a lot of communities have these jingle bell runs mid-december you may have to adjust the end you know a week forward or a week back depending on your race but we know that a lot of people love to get in the the christmas spirit and go out and run a 5k the jingle bell runs so this is going to be your class uh so you might want to grab some people and and get some people you don't even know get ready for that it's a great time of year it's a great time of year to spread the gospel yeah um because it's on everybody's mind it's the reason for the season it's my favorite time of the year my cheesy decorations will be up. And, um, yeah, I just love that time of year. So what, that's the reason we're, we're putting this 5K challenge together so that you can bring some people along who may have never run and finish it. Because usually at those events, no matter where you go to one in the country, they're awesome. Yeah, they're they are. They're just fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and also by the time this podcast comes out, we should have the whole uh, instructor's dashboard up and running. Uh, we said we were going to get the site launched and then focus on that and finish that part up. We should have that done as well. Um, so we're constantly adding new things to the website. It's robust. It's fun. It's uh, The Run Club Social is just taken off and exploded. Um, so if you're not there, go to runforgod.com and get logged in and, and join us. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Get busy. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store.
back and we've got some people we've had a few people share their story on the new site mm-hmm. so uh thank you for that and i'm sure there will be more if you if whatever your story is as we always say we want to hear your story we're going to share some, uh, another story here and it's a great story and you've got one too so don't be afraid to get on there we make it pretty easy um it kind of walk you through the mm-hmm. whole thing the whole process so um so make sure you go on there share your story somebody needs to hear it somebody's been in the same boat as you and needs to be encouraged by your story so uh so get out there and share your story all right how important do you think the long run is it's the most important you think mm-hmm. yeah for I, a variety of reasons I, I i agree with you mine obviously. is probably a different reason than yours but yeah. my reason is it's 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 pushing the boundary of what people say they can do. Yeah. If you can run long, then the harder workouts prescribed during the week become more manageable because when people think of running, they think of distance. Yeah. And three miles, 13 miles, 26 miles, I can't do that. Well, to me, the long run, now you, we can argue about tempo run too, but for new runners especially, I think the long run is going hands down. Yeah, mentally as, yeah. as well as physically. It's yeah. it's it's that overcoming. You're overcoming the biggest barrier, I think, for people who have never run. Yeah, and it's distance. Well, I, I think that the long. I think it's individualized. I think there are some people who could never do a long run and, and do well, and then there's other people who really need the long run. And uh, I, I think it's just it's so individualized. People always point to when, when people talk about the long run. There was a guy named Peter Snell who was an Olympic champion in the 800 meters and was famous for going out and doing 22 mile runs mm-hmm. as an 800 meter runner. Mm-hmm. Well, today's 800 meter runners don't run 22 mm-hmm. mile runs, um, but that's what he did. And yeah. it, I guess one of the reasons I bring this up is is for this reason: most 800 meter runners shouldn't do what Peter Snell did. It worked for him. Don't think that just because one thing works for one person, Mm -hmm. you should do that thing because it may or may not be what you should do. Now, I mentioned at the top of the podcast that I like to try new things, and I do. Um, Trying new things is great, but pay attention to whether or not it's beneficial or not. And don't do the things that aren't beneficial. Do the things that are beneficial um, because I, I think that's important. Well, have you ever made the comment that you were doing something for God's glory? I'd say many of us have. Um, And this next story may make you think about it a little bit closer when you make that statement. This one comes from Lisa Heyer. Um, Many of you, she's been on this podcast before. That's just down the road. That's right. Um, She's got the big, big dog. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, This one's called Give God the Glory Redemption Story. I was excited to do my first Peachtree Road Race on July 4th, 2022. This race began in 1970. It had 150 participants, with 110 of them finishing the 6.2-mile race. 2019 marked the 50th running of what has become the world's largest 10K per the Atlanta Track Club, which sponsors and supports this event. In 1970, Jeff Galloway was the first man to cross the finish line, and in 2022, on my first Peachtree Road Race event, I was fortunate enough to meet this extremely gentle and kind man. You should look him up. He has a wealth of knowledge and training plans for all skill levels. 
So I was more than excited to participate in the race, meet Jeff Galloway, the first winner of the Peachtree Road Race, and to meet Abdi Abdirahman, which is an American long-distance runner. He is a five-time Olympic Olympian competing for the United States in the 10,000 meters in the marathon. He still competes on an elite level, even though he is in his mid-40s. And that was just part of the excitement. My husband and I arrived at the race bright and early on July 4th with approximately 50,000 other participants. We met a variety of we met a very nice man who was doing his 50th Peachtree Road Race and was 87 years old. He told many interesting stories about the event from the past and present, and he told us what to look for and how to enjoy this race. He was just one of the many interesting people I would meet and see that day. I was loving it all. This is my event go-to. This is my event go-to for fun and excitement. It was getting closer to start time. Oliver to move uh, Oliver to move up on his corral, which is based on entry time, and I stayed back in mine, met some more interesting people, and checked in on Facebook at the Peachtree Road Race start area. I posted uh, July 4th, 2022, let's get this run on. First Peachtree Road Race, to God be the glory. With some photos I had been taken. What an exciting morning to give God the glory. I moved up to my corral, and out of the 50,000 participants, I met up with one of my dear friends in her group. How in the world, with that many people, did I end up starting this race with someone I knew? I was going to run with her, her husband, and friends to make this an even better than expected race day. We lined up. It was our corral's time to start, and start we did. I felt great the two previous races. I completed a sprint triathlon the weekend before and completed a 5K race two days before with a good pace and no issues. But on this day, when I had stated, to God be the glory, I took two steps past the starting line and my knee stopped me instantly. Pain. I was thinking, what is going on? It was a pain I hadn't felt before, and why now? I would walk and then try to run again, but it wasn't working without severe pain around my knee. I started praying, rubbing my knee, and praying for God to heal me, help me, but it wasn't working. I continued to walk for three plus miles and began to listen to God speaking to me through the Holy Spirit. God was asking me, how was I glorifying him as I had stated on the post? Did I really want to glorify him or do all or do the race and talk about glorifying him? How was I glorifying him in all in in in, in this at all? God blessed me with 6.2 miles of walking, skipping, and jogging, but mostly by him walking with me, opening my heart to search my desires and to show me just wearing my pink run for God hat while I run doesn't glorify him. Once again, my race day was becoming about me running my race, not the race God set out for me to run. I wanted him to fix me so I could run the race, but he did better. He did better. He fixed my eyes on him and how I needed to work on my heart, not my run in this race. So when I said, to God be the glory, God showed up, opened my heart, walked and talked with me, and showed me the way. Not my ways, but his. And not only that, but God also threw in some humor. (laughs) And I finished the race with Jesus. Not the real Jesus, 
but a man that suddenly came out of nowhere and ran up beside me and then in front of me to finish the race. He was dressed like Jesus would have dressed, and he was carrying a cross while he ran. So, someone behind me said, who is that? Is that Jesus? I said, yes, and we all needed some Jesus about that time. <laughs> God can make an event a real adventure with great stories, memories, and wisdom along the path. His ways are so much better. And God always has a redemption opportunity to be redeemed. In two weeks from the Peachtree Road Race, I was signed up for the Run for God Hawkins 10K fundraiser, which I now call the Run for God Hawkins 10K Redemption Run. The two weeks between Peachtree Road Race and Run for God Hawkins 10K, I was not able to run at all. I would try but the pain was still there and strong when I tried. I iced it, rested it, and showed up at the Run for God race on July 16th, anticipating a 5K, 10K walk or just standing at the start-finish line to cheer others. But God had a different plan, a redemption plan. As I was running, anticipating pain, but not having any, God said, this is your redemption run. Redemption is defined as the act of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. I was not being evil or intentionally sinful, but I was in error when I stated it was to glorify God at the Peachtree Road Race. But now, only by the grace and mercy of God was I able not to walk, but to run the race set out before me with no pain. Even my left hip that always bothers me was released on this day. In this redemption run, God spoke, and he reminded me where my strength comes from. To God be the glory for real. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, though not of faith, that, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Hmm. You just can't make that up about finishing with Jesus there, can you? That's <laughs> no, and I think we need to give Lisa a shout-out. She also put her website on here. You know, Lisa's yeah. done some pretty cool stuff. You can go visit her at lisahired.com. Yeah. Uh, that's H-E-Y-E-R.com. Uh, I got on there this morning and looked around. She's got a really cool site. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, I can't help but think the whole time you're reading this about Chapter 9 and the 5K Challenge, or Chapter 9 and all of the challenges, Yeah. where we talk about the T-shirt. Yeah, and we talk about the dangers of wearing the t-shirt and your motives not being right, mm. and and that sounds bad when I say it, but we all struggle with it. We all we all deal with exactly what Lisa is saying here. I try to make it a point, and this is this may sound bad. I don't know. I try to make it a point not to tell somebody I'm going to pray for them mm-hmm. unless I'm one thousand percent. If I say I'm going to pray for you, there's a rock right here behind me. Mm -hmm. But so many times, and I have done it, we say, oh, I'll pray for you, and we never give it another thought. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's dangerous. It really is dangerous, you know, for a lot of reasons. But also, we talk about with the T-shirt. You know, in Chapter 9, we say, you know, the T-shirt can be a great witnessing tool but it can also do damage mm-hmm. if you're wearing it and you're acting ways you're, you're you're not living out by example the way that we say you're to live out if mm-hmm. if you're not doing that and you're wearing that t-shirt i've, I've talked about a guy uh 
that used to be in my triathlon world. He was the dad of one of the kids. And, uh, man, this guy had a mouth on him. But he was an incredibly great guy. You may you may remember the guy I'm talking about. You may not. Um, just a great guy. But, man, he would – Yeah. He was a cusser of the worst degree. Mm. And he wanted – he said, Mitchell, when are you going to bring me one of those – Blankety blank T-shirts, <laughs> and I brought him one. But I, I, it really convicted me when I gave them to him. The 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 it's disconnect. disconnect yeah. He 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 is a a a very extreme example of what we all do sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of like the Jesus fish on your bumper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going up and down Cleveland Highway, you're gonna be tested. Yep. Um, and so I think it's just a, to her. This whole story is. I give God all the glory. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you? We, we've got to think about that. We really need to check ourselves when we when we make those statements. I'll pray for you. To God be the glory. You know, we're in the run for God's shirts. We've really got to look inside of our own heart and say, are we backing up what's being said or what we're wearing here? Yeah. And so for that reason, I just, I love this story. Yeah, I do too. And I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, I, I, I don't like to run a race without my run for God singlet on. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing's about worn out now. Um, the places where I put pins through it, they're all these, it's it's looking pretty ragged. I know a place you can get another one. Do you really? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. We'll yeah. see about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I love it. And, um, I, and, I, and I try to, there's only one race I run every year that I can't wear it. And, um, but I make sure I make sure that when I'm warming up and cooling down, I've got a run for God t-shirt on right. over the top of it. So, but it's um, but yeah, it's important. But it, you, you, I'm going to share a story here in a little bit, and I'm gonna, I'm going to talk about that. But um, but I'm very cognizant of that. So you got the opposite thing too with a run for God t-shirt, right? You you have to realize that people are going to scrutinize you a little bit heavier mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But at the same time, wearing that also is a reminder mm-hmm. while you're wearing it sure. too. So it's an encouragement right. as well. So yeah, it comes with responsibility, but it also comes with some encouragement. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Second Corinthians twelve nine. but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, I mean, we we talk about this so much on here, but it it, it really stands out in this verse. Um, when is God's power made perfect? Yeah, when we're at our in our weakness. Yeah, yeah. But we, I mean, you you say you're, you're talking about you have trouble with this, and I know you too. Yes, yeah. we we want to be strong. We mm-hmm. want to, but we we have to learn the strength and weakness. And that is so hard, especially for guys like me and you who, you know, we're 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 proud of the things we've done. We we're goal driven, we're goal oriented, but <clears throat> you've got to set all that aside when it comes to God. Yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, I think that it's interesting that God also wants us, you know, he says if you don't work, you don't eat, too. Exactly. You know, so he wants us to So what gives? to do things under our power as well. And so and I've always said I really think that's the reason why um I run 
as well as I do at my age is because um, I think I'm just stubborn and dumb. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, everybody else is slowing down, but that doesn't mean I should slow down. Right. You know, yeah. they're, they're just making excuses. I, I'm trying to figure out ways not to. And um, but it, I guess what I'm saying is I try to ignore my weaknesses Mm-hmm. and and try to overcome those things by just kind of ignoring them and putting them in the back of my mind. So there's that part, mm-hmm. but then there's the part where we got to rely on God for our strength for so many things. Yeah, and I think, you know, weakness weakness can come in many different forms. It can simply be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, society, you know, we look at we look at that as weakness. It is is that what God's talking about there? Is is he using weakness in in a societal way, you know, is it, you just need to be humble and then I can, you know, yeah. my, my, my power can be made perfect. A lot of times it can be as simple as that, but how hard is that sometimes? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of conviction going on here, but yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes it is, it's as simple. I say it's as simple as just being humble in a moment. And maybe that moment is when you're being attacked. Yeah. Mm. I want to be anything but weakness and I want to be anything but humble in those times. But sometimes that is the time that God can just speak the loudest because we don't have to say anything. We yeah. we don't. I mean the Bible is even clear, turn the other cheek, let them hit you on the other side. Mm-hmm. My power will shine through, but golly bum is that it's that's so, hard to do. So it so is hard, difficult. but it's worth it when you do it. And because there's there have been times though it not as many as there should where where i have god has really convicted my heart in the moment and and i've just stayed quiet yeah and you look back and you're like wow that really does work yeah but then the next thing comes around and you're like all of a sudden you have amnesia and you forgot about that yep um but it's so true yeah and in this case i'm sure that if you ask lisa um, and, and we know Lisa, mm-hmm. she has a strong relationship with Christ. Sure. And so for her just to recognize this was a, I mean, kudos to her, mm-hmm. right. For, for an area where if you, if you asked her, you know, she would tell you, yeah, it's really important that I'm strong in that area, that my relationship is strong. And at the same time she was being convicted and God was, I mean, she's tuned in mm-hmm. to God to, to tell her that. And that's, you know, that's where a lot of times those moments where we do want to strike back is promise you if you get connected with God close enough in those moments, those, those feelings of wanting to strike back will diminish over time that to, to some degree. Now they're never going to go away because we're all human. We've all got our human nature. We've all got our sin nature, but God will make those the intensity of wanting to strike back at somebody diminish over time. Mm-hmm. It's, but you have to recognize it just like she did yeah. here. Yep. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot. Um, we can't do enough to save ourselves. No. You just can't do it. No matter how tough we may think we are we have to have god mm-hmm. for for t- to have eternal life um and the good news is the answer is really simple right yeah i think it's you know it's, it's just so important to point out that works comes after faith works mm-hmm. is still in the picture 
It is. Yeah. Works is not what saves us. It's evidence that we are saved. And and living that lifestyle is not easy. You know, it's not. It, it, it's not. It's not easy because of the things we were just talking about. When somebody does, I, I there was just you know how I am about stuff. I saw something. It was a political thing, and um, <laughs> I, I just completely disagreed with it. I wrote a. I typed out an email. And then I erased the whole thing because God was telling you me. You are the getting better in your old age. <laughs> God was telling me, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. And uh, and so I didn't. But um, so, so it My is. My wife tells me that I'll type the email and then wait 24 hours. Yeah. And yeah. usually the email doesn't get sent. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, that's our human side, right? Um, it, our human side wants us to believe. And again, like I said, we, there are certain areas where when it comes to running, I need to do things under Dean's power mm-hmm. for my running. And so we think that we should do that for everything because that's the way we do it in one area of our, of our life. And, um, God's not going to do the running for us. Right. <laughs> right. So we, we do have to do things and that's what makes all of this so hard mm-hmm. is, is the wisdom of knowing when to and when not to, um, because we just automatically think in terms, because most things during the day that we have to get done, we have to do that under our power, um, and with God's help. And, and so when it comes to the point where we need to do it the other way around, it's not, doesn't, uh, doesn't feel natural to us. No. Right. Um, and it's a lot like, you know, when the Israelites were, 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 you know, when Jesus shows up. The Israelites are like, the Bible was clear. He was going to be a leader. Well, what leader did they know? They mm-hmm. thought he was, should be a king. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's what leaders were in that day, and that's not what he was. And so they had a really hard time for that. I think it's a hard time understanding that. It, it didn't make sense to them for Jesus to be who Jesus was, mm-hmm. and that's why so many of them struggled with that. And... Um, yeah, I, I, I guess our frame of reference is to do things. Sure. And, um, yeah, relying on God makes it hard. And a lot of times we just need to stop. Yeah. And look around and do nothing. Yeah. But yeah. for many people, that's just not natural. That's hard, too. And uh, But we can we can do ourselves into a hole. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. First Corinthians 10.31. So whether you, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. It's the remember the goal verse. I, I can't hear this verse anymore without thinking yeah. about that movie. Um, I love that movie. And, it, and that movie did a really good job of explaining what that verse is and mm-hmm. what it means and sharing the gospel. And so if you haven't seen Remember the Goal, um, it's, you know, it's a running themed movie. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's a real that's a great movie to talk about humbleness you know yeah. when you think about humbleness and relying on relying on god and uh, that's a good illustration of how to do it you know talking about remember the goal it's funny you said that or bring that up because i just mentioned dave cristiano last week i was coming home and i was telling uh for those of you who listened to last week we talked about uh or two weeks ago we talked about john Disterdick. And uh, you and I did have lunch with him, and, and we're going to do a podcast with him here shortly. But I come home, and I said, we, we need to pitch John's story to Dave Cristiano. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think 
I think Dave would really enjoy getting to meet him and getting to know him. But, I'm sure um, he would. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, this is just this is a reminder that we need to have reminders around us all the time. Whether it's our Run for God shirt or whether it's the WWJD, you know, bracelets or we we need to put we need to consciously put things in our life to to make us remember um, that whatever we do. Whatever we say, wherever we go, however we act, we need to be doing it for God's glory. But it also makes me remember back to a, a, a devotion we had. I think it was in the first 5K Challenge book. And it was called Pancakes and Gravy. No, pancake. I'm sorry. Pancakes, pancakes and, and waffles. waffles. <laughs> and uh, you can tell where my mind is. <laughs> but it was it's the whole concept that so many times we we take this verse and we say absolutely and we compare. We put it over here in the church compartment. Yeah. Or we put it over here in the, you know, the the run for God class compartment. But when we get over here to the work compartment or we get over here to the social life compartment, mm, God, we're gonna we're gonna keep this verse over here. We're gonna keep your glory over here because it really just doesn't fit in over here. And it's it's like syrup going into a waffle. But how God calls us to live our lives, the way he tells us to live out 1 Corinthians 10, 31 here is like a pancake. Yeah. You pour that syrup on and it goes everywhere. Yeah. There's no place that's off limits, but we like to put limits. Yeah. We like to compartmentalize. We we want a space. We, we make ourselves feel good by saying, well, half of my life, three quarters of my life, I let God run all over. So I'm doing pretty good. No, you're not. Yeah. We're not. I, yeah. I shouldn't say you. We're not. Right. Because God wants it all. He He wants He wants us, He wants His grace to flow over every area of our life. And think about how bad that sounds. We don't want God's grace in certain areas of our lives. How dumb does that sound? Yeah. But we do it every day. We do. We do. And I, for me, when you think about everything. Everything you do, you know, what does it look like to give God my Tuesday afternoon eight mile run? You know, I mean, it's it's like it's just an ordinary thing that I just do and I check off a list Mm -hmm. basically. Right. And so what does that look like? But and you think, well, that's that's not maybe that's not what he's but that is what he's talking Mm -hmm. about. It's very, very, very clear. But I remember somebody one time they they I met this couple and actually I didn't know the couple. Um but the lady said to the man, you know him. He's the one that's smiling when he's running all the time. <laughs> and it was such a compliment, but that's, yeah, and you know, a lot of times I'm wearing a run for God shirt when I'm running. And so those things are connected, mm-hmm. right? And so that's, that's one way you, that you don't even think about that sure. it could be connected. And uh, yeah. Question one. Uh, is what I am claiming to glorify God really glorifying him? <laughs> I hope so. Um, you know, I guess we should have the, the confidence of Paul, I guess, when, we, <laughs> when we're talking about glorifying God. But, um, but it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, and I hope, you know, I hope that people look at, I just mentioned that story about the, that couple that I met. And you hope that God looks down on runner dean and things that's what you're you're glorifying me and what you're doing um but that's part of the whole works thing right is that um the, the how, how do i say this when you 
when you have Christ in your life, you have this desire to want to do more and to want to make sure that you leave this positive impact and you want to make sure that people feel good about what you're doing and how you're representing Christ and glorifying God is, is the way that she puts it. So, um, but you can't do enough. Yeah. And that's the, that's the dichotomy. That's the hard part. Um, but we should be doing all we can do. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I sit here and I'm thinking about all the, all the area of all the areas of our lives where we should be giving God the glory. But one, one that really kind of sneaks in on you and you have to be careful is your thoughts. Yeah. You know, when you have that thought you shouldn't have, do you immediately go to God and say, God, take that away from me? Or do you let that thought go? And I mean, that's just another example of, of these areas we don't think about. Mm -hmm. And it's areas that sometimes we compartmentalize. God, you know, I can't help what I think. Well, yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. And we, we need to have that same seriousness with all those compartments that of our lives and knock the walls down between them and let let God in every single area because it's it's um what's the word I'm trying to use? It um golly bum Dean, I'm having a senior moment here. Yeah. It, uh, it, it 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 not multiply, it's uh exacerbates. Yeah, exacerbate. Yeah. I mean it it gets better and better the more walls you you knock down. Yeah, it's not just you get more more of God for that. It's it's like you get three times more God when you knock one wall down, and it just yeah. it goes on and on. It snowballs, snowballs. Yeah, yeah. if yeah. you let him into every area of your life, it's so much better than the sum of the parts. I yeah. guess is what I'm trying to yeah, say. I don't know way. if that makes sense, but yeah. it, it's true. And you got to let him into every area. Yeah. Well, and the companion verse to this one to me is Proverbs 3, 6, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Compound it's, is the word I was looking yeah. for. Compound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, that's the, the more we do, the, the better off we are. Sure. Is, is what you're saying. It makes sense. Another question. Who and what benefits from my actions? We'll never know the answer to that question. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't know. That's why it's so important to do it all the time because people are constantly watching us. No question about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think my answer to that question is a lot of people. Yeah. Um, a lot of things benefit from us living our lives right with God. That's, that's yeah. I, I think, and I think that God wants us. God doesn't look at everything everything we do and go whatever you do make sure that he wants he wants credit for the things that we do but he also wants to see us get benefit from things too. Sure. And so it, you it's it's real easy for people especially outside of uh, of Christianity to think that um you know that it's a crazy thought to right. do things for God but um he, whenever we do things that are good for us and then we represent him well in the way that we do things and we go back to the the 1031 verse um this running while smiling for example mm -hmm. that i was talking about with the run for god t-shirt that may make a difference in somebody's life and it's just an ordinary thing but i'm benefiting from it as well mm -hmm. right so it's it's not a it's not a zero-sum game of sure. it's it's him him or us um you know, and you hope that people see the things that you do 
when you know whenever I go out and I run a race you know the race that I ran this past weekend I'm running I'm wearing a run for God singlet I hope that people look at the idea that I run so hard mm-hmm. and look at that as that's the way to live life mm-hmm. you know and that God gets credit for that and not yeah. th- not just me but I get credit for it as well so um, yeah I, it goes together um, we, we should strive to always do things right and and well and and along the lines that God would want us to do things because people are looking for excuses to to look at what we do it asks who and what benefits from my actions well we we want to we want to see people benefit from what we do um i'm not sure where i was headed with that <laughs> we're both having those senior moments I, today i am i am <laughs> um but but it, it i think the idea is is we we shouldn't settle so yeah. many times in in our lives we we settle, and the Bible is clear. It uses words like striving, uh, perfecting. We, yeah. We're never going to make it yeah. when we're here. And so we need to be doing everything, whether it's, whether it's running, whether it's walking, whether it's um, <laughs> baking. What, whatever we do, we should do it for God's glory. But along with that, for God to get the maximum glory, we should do it the best. Right. Yeah. We should do it That's the best. And because you're you're never gonna get to where you want to get in running. It's just true. Yeah. You're if you had what Dean wants, you would be in the Olympics next time around. <laughs> yeah. Well, until you get there, the work's not done. That's right. We have the goal of wanting to get to heaven. And the work's not done until we get there. The only difference is with the Olympics, sorry, Dean, you're not yeah. going to get there, but you're constantly striving toward sure. that goal. And it's the same striving that Paul talks about, Yeah, you know, striving for what ahead, leaving what is behind. It's, it's, it's the whole idea that in order to do things for God's glory, to really do things for God's glory, we got to give it our best. And that doesn't mean the fastest, right? That means if, if you're going to walk, you're, you're doing it with vigor. You're doing it with excitement. You're not doing the "woe is me, I gotta go out and walk." You're like, "I get to do this today. I'm gonna do this." It may not be fast. We're not talking speed and performance here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it's it's an attitude that you have. You know, if if you you know, I talk about this with Landon all the time. Out, you know, he's doing the woodworking stuff now, and don't cut any corners. Yeah, I, I tell him all the time if there's a piece of wood on something. And you look at it, and if there's any thought in your mind, any thought, ooh, I just rip it off. Yeah. Rip it off and do it again. Yeah. Because one day Landon's testimony could be told through the the pieces of work, and you don't want somebody to look at It's kind of like how people look at our life. Well, he says he's a Christian, but golly bum, look at that beat-up piece of wood he's got down there. Yeah. Yeah, it it all ties together. Yeah, that's kind of where I was trying to head with that. Was yeah, it, it, because people are people are looking for reasons mm-hmm. to to look at us and and to as sad as it is to to say bad things. And when sure. we do things, the best we can do it every time. Um, it shines. It, it, it does, and and everybody benefits. And let me say, it may not be the best on earth. But it's the best you had. That's right. And people see that. That's right. People see that. That's right.
Last question. How can we not make the same mistake again? Wish I knew the answer to that yeah, question. Boy, me too. <laughs> I hate to say it, but being human means it's in our DNA to uh to make the same mistake. But that's again. no excuse. That's no excuse. It's no You're excuse. Right. And yep. we we uh we're all guilty of that sometimes. You know, that's why I don't like the phrase, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, yeah. technically you're not. You know, we we were sinners before Christ. We are washed by the blood of Christ now, but we keep making mistakes. But that doesn't say that you have to. Yep. In fact, this I get I get a little. It's um. Our our youth pastor here a while back asked the question of the kids. Can you not sin? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. We can not sin we choose to sin that's a hard question it's very hard yeah it's because and it's because we've heard all the things we're a sinner saved by grace and we were sinners and god saved us but we're going to sin god is i mean yes we we're going to sin but that doesn't it's not a mandate Mm -hmm. it's not that's right we we can not sin and that is that is so hard to hear because we're we're humans we want to give our we want to give ourselves some grace yeah well god never told us to give ourselves grace he'll give us grace his grace is sufficient for us but he also says go and sin no more yeah there was no (laughs) there was no but after that there was no well if after that he he told people Go and sin no more. And and that woman caught in adultery probably sinned some more. Sure. But the, the point was, do your absolute best not to, right? And that's where uh, I, I've talked about my anger before and how much better I am at that. And that's because God has has worked on me and he's made me uh, just, just keeps chiseling away some of the rough edges and I get better and better at it. But I'm not perfect at it either. But the goal is to not be angry anymore. That's right. And at all, at all, at at all. And that's what I, you know, you know how black and white I am. Yeah. And it's what I don't like about, you know, (laughs) Coley, one of our cross country coaches. It burns me up when he'll say, um, he'll be talking about what time. And he didn't yesterday. I noticed he didn't yesterday. And I was so proud of him. But in, in the past, Coley would say, we got to meet tomorrow, meet at the school between 5.45 and 6. Yeah. No, meet at 5.45 because he knows that – and I know Coley's heart. Oh, he, yeah. He's trying sure, to give yeah. people grace and, you know, ahead of time. For sure. But we need those hard statements because that's the bar. Yeah. Go and sin no more. That's, There's grace there if we do, but the bar is not some – ambiguous 545 to 6 the bar is 545 yeah jesus said be there yep and if you're not i'm going to give you some grace but i expect you to be here yeah and the bar is sin no more yeah and how do we not make this mistake again of not sinning get close with god that's it get close and stay close amen 
Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. They had a the soft 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 bees. Is that the way you say it? I'm not even sure how you say that. The auction place. Sotheby's. Uh, Sotheby's. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I think it's Sotheby's. Oh, uh, you're probably right. <laughs> I you know me. I'm a uh, soft bees. You may so, be right. I don't Sotheby's. know. I've always heard it as Sotheby's. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds well, weird now that we're saying it a lot. Yeah. That uh, that that auction place. Yeah. Um, they've got a pair of Steve Prefontaine's <laughs> Nike waffle racers that they're putting up for auction. And they expect it to bring between one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that pair of shoes. That would be pretty cool to own, wouldn't it? You would think Nike would buy those. Yeah, I bet Nike's got a pair. Though. Yeah, they probably already their, have their a pair. Museum or whatever. They probably have the first pair. You know probably, what I mean? yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's cool that that they're selling a pair, and they're the you know they're the green and yellow. That's we've talked about how yeah. much would that waffle iron be worth if they could find it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they never found it, right? Um, yeah, so anyway, you know, Nike now, they sign more elite runners than any company in the world, mm-hmm. and Pre was the first one, and yeah. it started basically with this shoe, yeah. right? So uh, it's it's pretty pretty cool. It all so started those, with the Waffle Racers. For the people who aren't listening, I mean, for the people who are listening who may not know Pre's story, let's give them a little bit of history on you're talking about the waffle racers. Explain the process, why they're called the waffle racers. Well, the his coach was was trying to find a Jack way. Jack Bowerman. To, yeah. Or Bill. Bill Bowerman. Bill, yeah, Bowerman. Bill Bowerman was trying to find a way to make running shoes better. Mm-hmm. And um, he felt like there was a way to make um, running running shoes better for not just the track. You know, they had spike shoes at the mm-hmm. time, but there was – and so he got to thinking about – you need something on the bottom that has a little bit of a grip to it. And one day he's sitting in his kitchen, and he looks over, and he sees a waffle iron, and he thinks, wait a minute, that's, that, that's it. And so he literally used it. He literally poured rubber into that waffle maker and ruined the waffle maker. Mm-hmm to make the first pair of waffle shoes uh, a bottom uh, for a pair of running shoes and he began making these shoes one pair at a time which is still loosely the design today it is if you look at the bottom of a pair of running shoes yeah. it kind of looks like they've been in a waffle iron yeah yeah a lot of them do and uh yeah it, it was interesting and he the the waffle racer too i don't know if you've ever seen a pair of the waffle racers there's no arch in the waffle racers at all like the 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 sole of them is actually cut out where the Mm. where the arch is Mm -hmm. um so that they can be as minimalist as possible and uh anyway uh this pair of shoes looked like they were worn pretty good bit too so he probably had some decent mileage on those Mm -hmm. shoes as well so that's pretty Mm. pretty cool thing yeah pretty cool thing would be neat to own 
All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith and talk about faith. We can put some faith in the running community, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not like we can with God, uh, but it's a pretty good group. This one is called the Magnum Mile. There is a memorial 5K race in Chattanooga to remember a man named Cameron Bean who was struck by a car and died while out on a training run one day. He was a professional runner, and it sent shockwaves through the Chattanooga running community. One of the local running stores, Fast Break Athletics, puts on a high-quality race each year in his memory. It's called the Cam Run. I ran it for the first time this year and ran very well. So well, in fact, that, in fact, that I finished 12th overall. I wasn't anywhere near the professional athletes who were there, but my placing easily qualified me for the Magnum Mile. The Magnum Mile is a one-mile race held on the same day, 12 hours later, on a local high school track. It is such a fast race that two years ago it produced the fastest ever, the fastest ever mile run on Tennessee soil, four flat point one. The top 25 finishers from the morning race qualify for the evening race. Finishing in the top half of that 25 meant that they placed me in the fast race. Now, I have placed last in races before, but this had potential to be brutal. Sure enough, when the gun went off, I tried to stay close to the pack, but by the end of the first lap, it was worse than I thought. I not only finished last, but I was also only 10 seconds or so away from being lapped. The fact that the oldest guy in the race beside me was over 20 years younger didn't console me much over those last two laps. I finished as best I could, and that's where the magic happened. I was embarrassed, and I was walking after passing the finish line. I wanted to get away from the crowd, but they wouldn't let me. One by one, many people came up to me and gave me a high five. They were saying encouraging words. I had more people remark about uh, my Run for God shirt than I had ever had before. What was happening? As I began my cooldown, one of the elite guys by the name of John jogged a lap with me. He spent that lap clearly trying to make me feel better about my race. And it worked. Not that I was wallowing in self-pity. Those days are over for me. But he took a couple of minutes to make an old guy feel really good about himself. There are many lessons from this experience. Perhaps the most important is the fact that things are almost never as bad as you make them out to be. Finishing over 30 seconds after the penultimate finisher in a short race seems pretty bad when you're the guy doing it. So many people there knew it wasn't good, but they went out of their way to make me feel better. In those times when you think everyone is looking at you and maybe they're looking down on you or you think they're all saying things like he didn't belong in that race, the truth is that when you go way out of your comfort zone, people notice and they're impressed by you. The next time you feel like a fish out of water, remember that. Another lesson, one that I already knew but was blown away by the extent of the display, is how incredibly supportive the running community is. We expect it with Run for God folks, but this was just a general Chattanooga running community. The running community is one of the best, most positive communities to be a part of. All in all, I had reasons to be down. I could have looked at the fact that I was going to finish last as a terrible thing. But instead, I chose to focus on how great it would be uh, to be in the race where the first sub-four-minute mile was ever run in the state of Tennessee. I could have looked at the fact that my cross-country team was there watching and I had run a poor race. 
Instead, I chose to focus on giving them a good example of how to handle a disappointing race. I could have wallowed in self-pity that came from a bad race, but instead, I chose to focus on how many awesome people were at this event. The truth is that you can always look at things in a more positive light if you just look for it. Most of the time, you don't have to look very hard either. Just like a streetlight is obvious in darkness, the positive things around you will be obvious. But here's the thing. You have to pick your head up and notice. Two things can make you miss the light. You ignore it even when you can see it, or you keep your head down and eyes closed. Either way, you have to deliberately take action to miss it. Don't do that. Allow yourself to see the positive, and it will be all around you. God is described as light in the Bible over and over. Really, the only way you can miss him is by deliberately ignoring him or keeping your eyes closed. I hope you have found how great God can be in your life. If you've not seen that light, please go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God to learn how you can see it in abundance. Learn to look around and pick out the good things around you. We can spend a lot of time dwelling on the negative things, but we don't have to stay there. You get to run or walk today. There's a positive. Don't overlook at it. Don't overlook it. That's a great story, Dean. So you blew right by one thing that I want to give you some fist bumps on. Tell everybody what you ran that 5K in. 1657 was my time for the 5k that's was, pretty incredible it was in a, it was a 90th percentile in that's, the age grade calculator i think that's only my fourth fourth or fourth race i think that i've run in the 90th percentile that's incredible outside of your age group so kudos <laughs> to you yeah. well i appreciate it thank you yeah it was a, it was a good day in the morning and yeah. then in the in the evening i had nothing left in my life i wish i was known that was going on I, I knew it was going on you had told me that you were doing that race but i didn't put the two and two together because i said last year for the magnum mile i was going to go this year and i yeah. forgot all about it because it explained because i've only seen pictures but it's like it's like there's a crowd around the trek <sighs> the first four lanes and they leave the last two lanes open so you're basically running in a wall of people yes and yeah. that's got to be electrifying yes all down that last straightaway and into that first curve it is just shoulder to shoulder people standing in the third lane yeah and um and you're just i mean they're right on top of you you it's it's, it's really deafening really cool. oh it's awesome it's awesome and like i said i was by the time i got by the time i got to the end of the second lap i was so far behind the leaders that i couldn't even see them and those people were just as loud for me. I mean, yeah. the, it was, yeah, it was pretty Yeah, cool. I'm in the camp of people that you talked about. <laughs> I'm impressed that you're even in the race. I mean, that's, to yeah, to be. So somebody did break four in that race? No, they didn't. Okay. They didn't. Okay. They, but I was They were just, expected to. My, well, they were, they, they were shooting for that yeah. anyway, and they ran 4.03. So and, last year's time was faster. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. And it actually, it was actually a really good race. Apparently I missed it, but <laughs> well, I saw some pictures. Evidently two guys were shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. There was one guy that took the lead with 300 to go and said, looked like he was pulling away. And then the I other, mean, they were right behind you. You should have, I know, right? All I had to do was turn around. <laughs> I had to take that shot. You teed it up perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then of course, in this race, my, my athletes are saying, we've never seen you run before. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, you still haven't seen me run. <laughs> uh, you were, what was your time? It was 514. Wow. It's, and, uh, and what is your age? 56. 
not many 56 year olds can do that. No, but just I was, saying. I was really, uh, my, my goal was 456. So and you've still got some fives in you. It just wasn't uh, that because you yeah. ran up 1650 something that morning. So. Yeah. Well, well, we're still going, I'm still hoping to see you do that, continue that streak of sub fives for. Or have, well, have you decided when you're going to do that? Well, my goal is to do it 45 years apart when it gets to that point. So, so um, when is that? That's a couple of years from now. So, so you're not? Are you going to try it every year until then? No, I, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, you know, I ran a race that was fairly close to an equivalent sub five in the mm-hmm. 1500 meters at the national championships, and um, yeah, I, there's no benefit if I if I haven't done it every year since i did it the first time there's no benefit, there's no benefit yeah. to doing it and i would just be doing it just to do it so, so 45 years apart it will that be a record because i know you've as, looked into that as far as i know the longest that i've seen has been 43 and a half years so i'm at 42 years now so two years from now i'll be at 44 years which is longer than i've seen anybody do it right. now there may be somebody out there who has but I know it's, I know at this point at 42 years, it's rarefied air. So I'm, I'm happy about that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Good job, Dean. And, and honestly, you know, this race, it was, it, this one, and uh, there's only one other race that I can think of that were as bad as this one, as far as just result, expectation versus result. Um, and I know people look at that and they go, what are you talking about? You are only, you know, 18 seconds away from what your expectation was and i'm like but i i don't i don't miss by 18 seconds yeah. i just don't do that and especially in a mile and um and so this was really 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 bad and so i remember a 10 carry on several years ago where i ran like 38 minutes and my goal was 35 and it, that was kind of along these same lines still to this day don't know what happened that day either um but you know even that race several years ago, you know, I, I was, I remember cooling down by myself. I remember just being miserable after it, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and making one excuse after another. And this race was different when I got through, you know, I was looking for people to cool down with. I was, um, you know, people were saying great race and, and I was just saying, thank you <laughs> rather than, no, that was abysmal you know which is what i would have done years ago um god's really worked on me and and helped me understand that it's uh, you can't dwell on those things and there's no reason to and god's given me a great gift and i should be thankful for it because the best way to shine what was on your singlet yes was to be positive was to be positive and to be grateful and thanking people but yeah, I mean, you see it. I mean, I've even had talks with my boys. You know, they get done with the race and they're disappointed. It's so, and they don't they don't see it because they're in the moment. But mm-hmm. outside looking in, it's so distasteful to see people just go wallow in self pity. And I understand it. I, yeah. I get it. You you, it's not human nature to want to be cheerful at that time. Right man how much of a difference it makes to to everybody else when you are cheerful yeah and you you don't take yourself too seriously it's so much it's so much more refreshing to see that than to and 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 i've done it and my kids have done it and you know but it's hard in the moment to know it's kind of like 
it's kind of like we talk about. You need to decide before the race starts how you're going to act after the race, no matter what. Yeah. And if yeah. you do, you're you know much more likely to to do that. But yeah, kudos. It's it's true. Yeah. Well, it was. I, I was amazed at how many people talked about my run for God singlet, like like more than ever before. And this was a relatively small crowd mm-hmm. that was there. And I, I just, I don't know if that was just God's way of kind of pointing out the positives to me or, or what was going on, but it was. It's it, his strength in your weakness. Yeah. You yeah. thought this was bad. It's horrible. I was weak here. Yeah. But God kind of gave you the wink there and said, people yeah. are noticing what they should be noticing here. Yeah, and, and in a different way, too. I, I can't, it's hard for me to explain. The way that people approached me about it was different. Like, a lot, I hear all the time, you know, you hear all the time. Like I, I shirt, like your shirt. Like your shirt yeah. yeah, I hear that all the time. But I, a couple of people, you know, kind of looked me in the eye and said, you know, you, you, you're you doing a great job representing right. w- what God wants you to. You know, I mean, just, you know, trying to go out of their way to be extra positive. But if you got mad and... And, and walked off the track. I wouldn't have heard it. You wouldn't have heard it. Yep. And you wouldn't have made, not only would you not have heard it, you wouldn't have made the impact. That's right. The impact would have gone yeah. lost. It would have been a wasted opportunity. Yeah. So yeah. Well, do you, uh, let me ask you this. Do, did you, because I just have to, I, I feel like that 18 seconds or whatever it was that you were off what you want to do, how much of that was because of 1650 something 12 hours earlier? It had to have come into effect. Yeah, I think I think some of it did. Um, did you did you calculate for any of that? I didn't. Okay. No. Well, no. to me, that's... I told you. I, I told you, I'm a dumb runner. I just go out there thinking <laughs> I can do anything. And but honestly, I think what happened of course, was we just talked about Jesse Owens at the beginning yeah. of this, and we're, so that kind of negates anything yeah. I'm saying. But I, I'm trying to give you a little bit of. And I appreciate props that. Props here. And several people did. Yeah. There, there was a lot of the that, conversation. That had to. I think. I think had you done the mile one hour later, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking about a turn here, but you know, twelve hours, you start rigor mortis steps in and things. Yeah, not when up you're old. Not when you're old. You don't have time for it yet. It takes over. It takes over a day to get sore. I really didn't feel bad. Really, um, I, my legs felt a little bit heavy, but yeah. that was it. I, I still thought. I, I actually, after at the end of the first lap, I still thought I had a chance at it. But then at the end of the second lap, my split was so bad. <laughs> and w- well, what happened was I really did try to hang. I, I was hanging on to the back of that pack for about three quarters of that first lap. And I realized that the guy that I was running right behind was like a 420 miler. Mm. And, uh, you know, he'll run sub five for an 8K. And, and um, he's the guy he ran. He, he's the guy that qualified for the Olympic trials in the marathon. That, that's who I was behind. Okay. That's how fast he was. And he was next to la- He was the next to last guy. And I just, I, that first lap was just too fast. And, um, I just got, I got, you know how, what was your first, lap? once you get to breathing so hard, yeah, you know, that it, it just can't come back from it. And I think that's what happened more than so anything. So what was else. the first lap? It, my first lap, the hundred and the 409 meters was 70. So it was about a 68 and a half for the first lap. And so that's, you know how fast that is. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's too fast. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, you know, I ran a, I ran a, a 800 here not too long ago and I didn't run my laps that fast. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, 
<laughs> but it's all good. And a lot of times what we have, we have these, these weak moments and things start to hurt and we just, we just want to give up and we just have to keep going even mm-hmm. when, when things are hard. And, uh, you know, um, we like to make excuses mm-hmm. and that's why I don't want you to give me excuses because I mean, I, my, you know, I can use the excuse that I went out too hard and I did, but that's my fault. Sure. Right. Yeah. I, I no, should. I'm not looking for excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating reasons. Yeah. And I, yeah. there's always reasons and I get it, there's, but none of them are good. But how many athletes do we hear when they get through say, well, I didn't drink, drink enough water today. Yeah. Now, that's now not that, the reason. Yeah, now that, that's, no. that's not the reason, yeah. you know, it's not. Yeah. And so after the race, I wasn't talking about, well, I, you know, I, if I was going to talk about, it, I was going to say, I went out too fast. I made a mistake. I did something dumb. Yeah. And, Take um, ownership. yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's that's what we have to do today. So you blew we, it, Dean. So I basically, blew, that's I what did. you want me to say. That's exactly what it. happened. I did. Because <laughs> uh, my goal was to, I, and maybe my my ambition was a little too high, just because my thoughts were this: where I finished at a 90th percentile in the morning race, and I wanted to do it again in the evening race, which would have meant I needed to run 456. That's mm-hmm. why my goal was 456, and I knew it would be harder than the morning was. But in reality, I probably should have thought anything under five minutes would have been great. Mm-hmm. And if I'd have done that, I would have had a whole different approach to it. Yeah, probably. And probably would have done better. So as it stood, Catherine finished second on the, for females, um, which was cool. Cause she, she won some, some cash, which was pretty cool. Um, her and I ran the exact same time. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We were in different races, but we ran the exact same time. They let her run with the guys. Really? Yeah. Wow. In the slower race. So, yeah, she. it was pretty cool. They let her and the, the girl who won, they let them both run in the, the guys' race so that they could be pushed because they felt like if they were in a, a women's only race, they wouldn't be, they yeah. wouldn't get the opportunity to run with somebody. And so uh, that was that was a pretty cool thing to do, too. So, Very cool. Yep, it was cool. Uh, I'm just glad that God has changed me and, and has allowed me to handle things in so much better way. Um, and it's so much happier. It's so much, you know, the, the drive home, we, we took a bus because mm-hmm. the, the, a, a lot of the girls on the team went to run this too. And we took a bus and the ride home wasn't bad. Hmm. Normally, you know, yeah. t- <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, it would have been bad, Yeah, yeah. but, but it wasn't. Um, and it, and I've changed because God's changed me. Yeah. And, uh, so we talked about giving God the glory. God gets the credit for that one for sure. Well, good job, Dean. Thank you. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station on J Radio. And, you know, I mentioned that Catherine had won some cash. Now, understand that she's not allowed to accept that cash right. as, a, as, as an athlete, a college athlete. But she donates that cash. She is. We checked and it is okay. So she donates that money back uh, actually to the, t- to the program. Yeah. And, um, and it, so it's pretty cool. 
Yeah. So good uh, deal. Yeah. All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. This week it's this. Being a runner is like having a secret handshake. (laughs) If you're not a runner, you don't understand what it's like, right? You don't understand why people like it. You don't understand how good it is for you. You don't understand how it will actually add energy to your life rather than sap it from you. But if you are a runner, you have a deeper understanding of a lot of things that sedentary people don't understand. And so uh, I guess that means runners are smarter too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So or walkers. Yeah. (laughs) So Jakob Ingebrigtsen, we mentioned earlier, um, he wants to triple at the world championships. Now what that means for those listening, that means he wants to run the 1500, the 5k and the 10k. He said he would have done it at the world championships this year, but he got COVID, um, he was going to try to qualify for the 10 K, but the race he was going to run to qualify was while he had COVID. So he couldn't Mm. run it. And that's the only reason he had to do it this year. So, um, that would be amazing to watch somebody try to do that. That would be just incredible. And so, um, he's talking about doing it and, uh, it would be fun to watch for sure. They're going to have to change the schedule for that to work though, because as it stands right now, the semifinals for the 1500 is an hour before the 10 K and that's not going to, that's not going to work. I wouldn't think so, uh, but it'll be easy to change. So maybe they'll do that. So here's this weird story that's kind of loosely connected to, to, to running. There's a guy in Eugene, Oregon, um, Tracktown, USA. He's been running this resale shoe business since 2013. Now those are shoes that are a lot of times they're specially made shoes. They're they're They take a regular pair, like a, a pair of air Jordans and they do something special to them to make them. And he does he does this. So he has sold eighty five million dollars worth of shoes that nobody received. Hmm. So he said he had these shoes and charged people thousands of dollars for them, and then they never got sent out. And so, um, obviously, criminal organization. So they've decided that they're they're going to sell all the shoe, shoes that he's got in stock he's got sixty thousand pairs of shoes in stock right now and and they're going to sell it to try to pay back some of these people now they're never going to get 85 million dollars out of them they, they estimate they're worth about 15 million what he's got um but um and i understand greed and i understand how what motivates this kind of thing but here's the reason that i bring all this up this couldn't have happened if people didn't buy into this idea that he had something that it was very, very clear he could not have had. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was saying, I've got these shoes that haven't come out yet. I've got my hands right. on them before everybody else is going to. And you know it's not true. And so we do that as runners. Sure. We, we buy into, I've seen this advertisement on Facebook a number of times. It says you can be a great runner on, you know, 12 miles a week or whatever and it's just not true there aren't shortcuts it takes hard work and it takes some determination and we need to quit buying into those things we've all done it at one time or another we've all bought something online or we've done something and we we were very disappointed in it um i remember buying i can't even remember what it was now i remember buying something online that i never received Hmm. and um you know, it wasn't something crazy expensive like this or anything like that. But it, you, you, if you want to be in great shape, you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. If you want to lose weight, you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not easy. 
And it doesn't just come because of somebody got their hands on something special or somebody has a secret. How many times have you seen these? They'll have commercials. Um, there's a lady that's on late night TV these days who has this commercial who says, um, you know, I used to put my money in a 401k and, and I decided there's a better way. And then she goes on for minutes and minutes and minutes telling that she's got this better way. And if you'll just give her some money, she'll tell you what that better way is. Right. And there's no, there's not a better way. And, um, you know, just be careful buying into the easy way. Simplicity is often the the best. I mean, I was just, uh, I was running with Litzy yesterday, one of the high school cross country. When we talked to her, we talked about her on a podcast here all back. She's just started running and, and, um, I, I was I was walking backwards. You know, I like to go backwards and high five everybody. Well, Litsy was by herself, so I said, I'm gonna run a mile with you. So I turned around and started running with her, and she started talking about she said, What paces are we supposed to be running? I mean, she's literally been running for just a matter of weeks. And this is one of those things we just assume everybody knows some of these things. She said, Cause I see some people that are running faster. Should I be running what pace should I be running right now? And I said, you know, yesterday was an easy run. I said, What are you used to you're supposed to run easy. And I said, you know, there's the secret to getting fast is running long sometimes, running easy a lot of times, and running hard sometimes. And she said, oh, that makes sense. But even in the running community, we complicate things so much. Yeah. And it really boils down does. to those three types of run. And so to your point, yeah, I mean, be not, not to say that training plans don't have their place. Sure. We have training plans in Run for God Run Club. You yeah. know, people need that, mm-hmm. but they're not complicated. Yeah. And, you know, don't, don't let yourself fall into the trap of this thing, this plan, this whatever is going to make me faster. No, you're the answer to that equation. That's it. It's what you do and your attitude toward the sport is what's going to make you a better runner. Just like this secret thing is going to make me a better follower of Christ. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. It's you. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. We know ASICs did a study about what they call a state of mind index. Okay, so this is a measure of mental health, and they found that moving with any kind of form of exercise, you only have to do it 15 minutes and 9 seconds a day Mm -hmm. is what it takes. It's funny that we just talk about this, but this is being consistent and doing this consistently and the mental health difference for people that, that move at least that long every day in some form of exercise is again, it's on a scale of, of, of zero to a hundred with 68 for people who do exercise and 56 for those who were sedentary. That's a, and that, that's a, in the context of this was, it was a huge difference. Um, and that's nothing new to us. We know that. But here's the thing that's really concerning that I thought was interesting about this whole um, uh, study was that they showed that Gen Z people have a much lower, um, what, what, would I, what would I call it, state of, uh, state of mind index than, um, than older people do. And that our younger people are not exercising as much. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's causing problems with their state of mind. And so if you're out there and you're young, you need to be concerned about that. 
Mm-hmm. You need to get out there and get moving. That's why cross country is such a great sport for kids in high school because it does get them to, to moving around and doing stuff. Um, it just worries me that, that young people are getting less and less active. You know, this is the reason I love statistics. You know, we, we've talked many times, maybe not on here, but in, in coaching talks that we use statistics, we use data to confirm what we've done. We don't use data to base what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the 68 versus 56, it's, it's great to see that number on paper, but we already knew that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you're talking about the Gen Z here and, you know, Gen Z is the phones. Mm-hmm. And what have I always said to kids when I see them on the phone? It's kind of like, you know, you'll shoot your eye out, kid, when on the, the Christmas story. I always say, it'll rot your brain. Yeah. Well, this is proof. It's proof. That it's it'll proof. rot your brain. Yeah. Put the phone down and go out for a run or a walk or play tennis or golf, whatever. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Get out of the house, put the phone down. Because it will rot your brain, and and it and it proves that our mental health is taking a hit. Sure, and you know it's funny because we see it in cross country because cross country kids tend to be a little cut above, right? Yeah, yeah. most of them are, and on average they definitely are. And maybe this, maybe there's there's a reason for that connection. Sure, right? So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, we have a trivia question for this week. We know that the Boston Marathon is one of the oldest races in the world. The New York Marathon is also a world marathon major, just like Boston, and has been the centerpiece in running for years. When was the first New York Marathon? You I can, don't know that one. If you know the answer to that, you can send that to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that question, then you will win a Run Club Tumblr. So dean at runforgod.com. When would when was the New York Marathon first run? Interesting. I can I can take a guess, and I think I yeah. would be pretty close. You think? I don't know the year. Yeah, we'll see. Motivational thought of the week. We'll leave you with this. I like this. This comes from Susie Cassim, who's a, a writer, poet, philosopher. She said, "Doubt kills more dreams. Uh, excuse me. Doubt kills more dreams more than failure ever will." Hmm. Sometimes like failure is good. Sure. Just talked about that. that failure is often necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can look at that race as it was a failure. I didn't meet my goals. Right. I mean, in one sense, it was a failure. But that's not going to stop me from doing it again next time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we, we, we don't fail as often as we just lose hope Yeah, because we doubt ourselves, and we got to be careful with that. We have God on our side, right? If we have enough confidence in Him, then we should be okay in every circumstance. All right, 129 episodes down. Yeah, and if you're listening and you're not on the newrunforgod.com, go check it out. Sign up. Just give it one month. Yeah. Try for one month. I think you'll be blown away and you'll be a lifelong member. So uh, if you're not on the Run Club, if you're not a, a member, go check it out. There's all kinds of things that you'll love on there. Runforgod.com. Now, until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.